0: Well, I'm really glad you could join me today for another exciting, fun-filled edition of the Jim Snyder Podcast. And today, we're going to uh, hit a milestone. I actually have a guest with me today, longtime friend Steve Glad. We'll have him on in just a moment. So, settle, settle back, settle back, and saddle up, and hang out, and let's just have some fun on this little adventure I like to refer to as the Jim Snyder. Well, last week on the show, I made a reference to uh, my longtime friend, Steve, when we were talking about show number two, and so I decided, let's bring Steve on with me. So, coming to you from his uh, palatial estate, the Glad uh, Estate, I don't know, do you do you refer to it as stately Glad Manor, Steve Glad?
1: Oh, uh, I just kind of refer to it as my crib.
0: Your crib. I'm
1: not as <laughs> I'm not as audacious
0: as you are. Well, yeah, I was going to say, but but you have the palatial Glad manner with the you know with the big uh, you know uh, rolling hills and gated community that you're in with uh, you know with all all of the servants and and, and you know Alfred uh, oh, serving at and, your and every need. And don't forget the five swimming pools. That's right, the five swimming pools. It's all there. It, it yeah. it's all there. But I, I probably should mention. Steve has been a long-time friend. We we actually met at uh, Opportunity Kindergarten uh, how many centuries ago or how many millennium ago? Was it centuries, millennium, something like that? Quite a long time.
1: I'm probably going to show my age a little bit here, but we're probably getting close to 50 years ago.
0: It has actually been beyond 50 years that we've we've been doing this sort of thing, hanging out together. Oh, okay. But, uh, no, Steve, yeah. Steve was a good one. Steve was a Steve is a a longtime friend of mine, and we, um, you know, we met in this in this uh, in this kindergarten for kids who had multiple disabilities. They used to refer to it as as I you know like to refer to it as handicapped. You know, I don't know, I don't like that. I don't like that word. Do you like that word, Steve? I actually prefer handicapped, believe it or not. When people use
1: the word. Um, handicapable or some politically correct form what i normally say in a joking manner is you get one or you get one maybe two free passes and then on the on the third time you say some a word i don't like i threaten
0: to throw up on their shoes there you go well, you've always had you've always had a really good sense of humor, and the thing is, what I think is kind of neat is that you and I not only became friends through school, but we became friends as families because of your your father. Your father was a doctor, and I just I've always had fond memories of your dad. And one one that I remember once was we went to a old Toledo Hornets hockey game at the now long gone, torn down <laughs> Toledo Sports Arena. And I remember going on a Sunday afternoon, and it was snowing to beat all get out. And 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 your dad, God bless his soul, took you and me to this game. We are probably, I don't know, six, seven-year-old little kids. You have to be carried because you're in a wheelchair. I probably should mention that. Yeah, you actually you have cerebral palsy and are, yeah. are confined to a wheelchair. And, of course, me not being able to see. So here's this, this gentleman taking a kid who can't see and another who can't walk to a hockey game and we had the best time. And I remember it was fun. Oh, yeah, we had we had so much fun and your dad was just, you know, he just treated me like I was part of the family and always did. Always treated your your dad always treated me like part of the family. And actually one story that I remember and and actually I don't re, I don't remember it happening, but I remember um hearing about it after the fact that your dad took you was it took you was it a pittsburgh pirates game tell us about that
1: um well my dad and i we used to quite regularly every summer we would pick out two or three games weekends primarily because that was the easiest time for him to get off and we would go into pittsburgh and try to catch a Friday-Saturday-Sunday game, and then after the game on Sunday, we'd come home. Um, but the the game that is probably the most vivid for me is the last time the Pirates were any good was in 79, when they actually won the World Series. And um, we were lucky enough that my dad was lucky enough to be able to get us tickets um, by today's standards. The seats were horrible and awful. I remember the seats very clearly. We were in dead center field as far back as you could get. We were on the very top level of the old Three Rivers Stadium, and I believe we were like 15 rows from the very, very, very back of the deepest part of the stadium. But I was in heaven because my motto was at that time I'd rather be 500 feet away from the game than 500 miles or 5,000 miles so for a little guy from Toledo I was in heaven
0: but you think about it about that your dad took you to that game you're in a wheelchair they didn't have handicapped seating in those days it wasn't accessible oh. as it as it is now and so how old oh, how I'm old not- were you when that's okay you've been about 14 right?
1: I was about yeah, I was not a I was not a full grown heavy guy that I am now, but yeah, a fourteen year old's kinda heavy. And I remember when we first got there, the ushers were as accommodating as they could be. Um and I don't remember a whole lot other than I didn't really feel comfortable sitting on the ledge because because my dad would have had to stand the whole game, which is bad. So my dad, God blessed his soul, carried me up he, in, in, in his arms. He carried me up to the seats, um, up and down, and the usher uh, kept an eye on my chair. So for three games, my dad had to basically haul me up and down the steepest part of the steps at Three Rivers Stadium. But I remember we had a ball.
0: Oh, I bet you did. I mean, to be able to go and experience something like that. And I've been, I went to Three Rivers Stadium a couple of times um, with a mutual friend of ours a couple of years oh, long? More than a couple of years ago, obviously. It was like in the mid-90s. And I'm the one, I always like to go and check out the whole ballpark. And I actually remember uh, taking, going to the very top section that we were in. You know, we were down low you know, okay. more closer to the field level, but I ended up going all the way up to the very top just to see what it was like from, from the very top.
1: That's probably, that's probably where I was sitting at
0: the time or darn close to it. Well, we were, I think we were on the third base side and just climbing all the way up and, and three rivers, as you remember, was a pretty steep stadium. And, and you get up to the very top, you're almost looking straight down.
1: I remember it took me like 3 or 4 innings just to get used to sitting in the seat because I kept getting a feeling like um you know if I breathe hard I might fall forward and fall out of my
0: seat. Well I think that's neat that, that you actually had a chance to had a chance to do that. So now what what were some of the other things that that you really kind of had had to deal with? When you were when you say we're growing up, because you and I actually we kind of ta- lost touch for a little while because you went off to your elementary school, I went off to my elementary school, and you know you had you know we we all have our things to to deal with and to kind of to kind of work through. But was there any particular thing that you remember having to overcome or just really finding just I don't know just a challenge or just frustrating or you know along those lines and how did you deal with it
1: well it's funny i can't really in my childhood there's one there's one recollection that i have very clearly with a friend of mine because the thing is i i actually found it funny at the time but my friend got extremely annoyed um we were at a um, indoor mall at the time this was probably in 70 I don't know, maybe 75, 77, something like it in, let's say the mid seventies and things were uh, a lot different back then, um, towards handicaps. Like you said, nowadays they make, uh, many accommodations and things, but the story that I'm leading up to is I was in the mall with my friend and my friend was pushing me in a wheelchair. And I was having a good old time, we were talking, and then all of a sudden, my friend stops dead in the mall, looks at this stranger, and he's about he's about my age, maybe 10, 12, um, and he was pretty brazen for his age. Because I remember him saying, hey, what the hell are you looking at? Meaning that somebody must have been looking at me in the wheelchair. Um and the thing is, I maybe it's because I was used to people uh, looking and it didn't mean much to me, but it really must have bothered him because when I was younger, what I would always do, if I found somebody staring, like a child or somebody staring at me, I would actually start talking to them and, and saying, hi, you know, did you notice my wheelchair or something? And then I would tell them a little bit how I was born with cerebral palsy, and depending on their age, my answers would be different, but for a younger person, I would say something along the lines of, I use a wheelchair because my legs don't function like yours, and um, and if I try to walk, I could fall down and hurt myself so it's safer for me to use the chair but the thing is like i said i'm so i was so used to the chair being normal that i was really taken aback by my friend getting upset cuz somebody supposedly was giving me the you know the stink, i don't want to say stink eye, strong eye what you know just staring at me pretty good and i didn't think anything of it but he obviously took great offense to it so
0: well, I, I definitely
1: probably,
0: yeah i could definitely understand that my,
1: my strong, that's my strongest recollection growing up,
0: and it, it makes sense because I um, I've never really considered myself to be what is, is the the formal term legally blind. I like to use the, the term low vision, and you just you just function. It's just how you how you work. You know, you just do what you do, and you obviously you find different things to to uh, to to do. But now that let's just jump ahead a little bit. Obviously, you went off to high school and and you were. Um, you know, you're going through high school and so forth when you went off, went off to the university of Toledo, I think we all went to, you, did, you went to the university, didn't you? You went to the university of Toledo, right?
1: Yeah, I, I was at the university of Toledo and I graduated with a, um, a minor in general communications or sorry, my major was in general communications. And when I left, I was two classes away from a minor in German. Why German? So, um, it's funny. When I was in high school, I've always liked languages. When I was in high school, I told myself I was going to study German. And at the time, my mother and my sister both said, oh, take Spanish. It'll be easier, and, and we can help you if you get stuck because – my mother and sister they're not fluent but they but they know a little Spanish so I guess kind of reluctantly i uh, I studied Spanish in high school and then after high school I decided I want to take German anyway so um, I studied German for three years in college um, never got the I was never like a great student got straight A's in German or anything. But like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed the language. So that's how um, that's how I uh, got into German. Oh, and I also have to. I want to digress just a hair that um, when I was in um, in, in um, high school, we also had an exchange student stay with us for a year from Spain. So he was also able to help me with language with Spanish. And also, he made me appreciate languages as well because my, my thought process was, well, heck, if this kid can come all the way over from Spain at 15, 16, and learn our language, the least I could do is try to learn his a little bit better. And um, I don't. And that also, now that I'm talking, I'm getting other stories that we were lucky enough after he uh, visited us, we were able to go to Spain. Um, even in my wheelchair, I was able to get over to Spain and spend some time with his family. And his family could not have been more gracious. Um, it, it, believe me, it wasn't easy traveling in a wheelchair because Spain has um, – the United States back then wasn't the most accessible but we were considered very accessible, considering in Spain you've got buildings that are hundreds and hundreds of years old. So um, their their definition of accessible is different than the United States version of accessible.
0: That's so, a, that, that, that's that's how cool is that to be able to go to Spain like
1: that. Hope I didn't get off track too much for you. But no,
0: no, that's 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 what this is all about because yeah. you know. Just the some of the things that you done, and I forgot that you had a foreign exchange student uh, yeah. s- stay with you for a while. And once you got out of school, um, you just yeah. You know, what did you decide? What do I want to do? Because for me, I always knew that I wanted to be in broadcasting since I was probably eight or nine years old. I I knew that, and uh, I will get into that story a little bit later on in future in a future mm-hmm. episode.
1: Well, um, when I was a real little boy, um, I always told people I wanted to go into medicine like my dad. But then as I got older, I realized medicine really isn't for me for a, a bunch of different reasons. So, um, what I, and when I first was in high school, um, I thought, okay, I like, um, communications and TV and that kind of thing. So I thought I'd go into communications, learn about the audio and video end of things. And, um, so, and then as, as that progressed, I decided I, I like TV, but what really was fascinating for me, cause this was in the late eighties, early nineties, is I got hooked on computers because back then Um, computers were not nearly as advanced as they are now. And I remember just being able to get computer access at the university. As an undergrad, I had to fill out paperwork that stated I was going to be an assistant to my um, academic advisor. And since I had the paper signed from my academic advisor saying that I would help him, they allowed me to have computer access. And I and to try to make this long story a little bit more entertaining, um, I ended up, uh, after college, I ended up becoming Microsoft certified in computers. So um, computers has really been my niche the last, uh, let's say, 20 years or so. I've really like the way you've kind of fallen in love with broadcasting. My passion is, is computers. So,
0: and you've always been very, very helpful. Cause yeah. let's face it. All of us call you. It's like, Steve, I got a problem with this. Oh, this is what you need to do. And yeah. I just, I remember, and I don't remember exactly how we hooked up. I think we hooked up through mutual friends, uh, and you know, obviously started hanging out together. And, you know, just kind of being, you know, doing stuff together. And you actually went to work and you're still at the same, you're still at the same job that you got when you, uh, got out of school, aren't you?
1: Um, yes and no. When I first, when I first got out of school, I was working in my dad's office doing, um, medical referrals, which was fine for a job, but it really didn't, um, excite me but about five years after that I did I did that for five years and then a position opened up within the um, health system that I work for for a posi- a position where you um, work with children and computers and and I applied for that and I ended up getting that job and I and I have been I have been working with children and computers. Since July of 1999, I feel very lucky and blessed to be to be able to do that. So, I every day I work with with uh, computers, children, game systems, um, basically anything technological. Uh, I guess I'm the guy on the pediatric floor.
0: So, with working with these kids, I'm sure you probably at at times have seen a lot of yourself. With some of these kids, because obviously they are kids that are in there for, for various reasons and, and maybe you might like, you know, someone may say to you, you know, one of these, one of these kids may say to you, how do I, how do I deal with this? And you can, you can relate to maybe some of the problems are maybe not directly, but you know what it's like to have to kind of be creative to, to overcome something, to overcome a challenge.
1: Well, see, that's the thing I learned pretty quickly when I started working with children because let's I don't know if it was the first year, or the first couple of months or whatever, when I when I first took the position and was interacting with the with the pediatric patient population, I would I would come to work and I would have on the the dress shirt and the tie, you know, I'd be I try to be Mr. professional, but I quickly learned Um, that if I dressed, um, like, let's say the term dressy casual, where I don't wear a tie, but I look professional, the, the kids were much more receptive to me. And, um, when I, when I, when I go into a room with a shirt and tie on, they look at me more medical and I'm what's called psychosocial. I'm there to relieve their stress, and try to make their stay in the hospital as pleasant as possible. And by dressing like like a quote normal person and not a medical professional, um, I feel like I can provide them better service and we relate better. And I actually consider my disability um, a benefit because it's an icebreaker and people can. I encourage people to ask me questions. Any questions they have, um, and some of the some of the um, younger patients that are in wheelchairs, I can provide them um, some of my experience about you know what how I've dealt with certain situations being in a wheelchair. I really consider my my disability a, a blessing in some ways.
0: Because you're inspiring to others, and it's the same thing with me. Because other people see what you and I have to go through, our various challenges and so forth, and they see, well, gee, golly, uh, if he can do it, I can do it. Has there ever been any, maybe a particular patient or any situation that really just kind of stands out in your mind after all these years that you're just going, wow, that really, it just kind of gets kind of clobbered you up the side of the head, and and just like, boy, that that's kind of a. Uh, I don't know maybe a light bulb moment or just a a moment where you just like I'm not gonna forget this
1: um, there are cert- there there's one particular situation where um there was this one patient I knew quite quite well. He was like fourteen fifteen at the time. He was very very ram- r- uh, rambunctious, had a personality that was top notch. Everybody loved him. He was a great kid, um, and he had a wonderful relationship with the doctors. Well, one morning he was in his room waiting because the doctors would come by in the morning and do rounds, and I, I was in the room and well no I I wasn't in the room I was in the hallway, and he he saw me and he gave me the you know sh- be quiet sign, and what he and what he did is. Uh, this patient the doctor would always play this game where this kid um the doctor would come in he was in very good shape and he would um tighten his stomach and this patient would he's he would hit him in the stomach and you know it would that would be like their thing well this morning he saw the doctor coming and he just he just quickly stepped out of his room and just wailed this doctor right in the stomach. And I remember the doctor saying, "Dang, you gotta let me know when you're gonna do that." He just, because he just about knocked the doctor on the floor. And I just remember everybody was fine, but I just remember laughing my butt off because it was so funny that this kid would go up to this doctor that he knew real well and just wail on, you know, hit him in the stomach. I, I don't know if that's funny to you, but at the time I thought that was hilarious. Um, well, it
0: said, it obviously set, set a, uh, had the kind of relationship, it set a, a kind of a, a trust factor where he knew he could go to this doctor and just say, I'm going to get him real good today. And the doctor isn't going to, you know, respond negatively. Uh, whereas if he walked up to a doctor that he had never met before or hardly knew and just, you know, clobbered him. Doctor's gonna it's like, well, hey, what are you doing?
1: Exactly. He really did respect this doctor tremendously and they had a wonderful relationship. So yeah, I guess that's the point I didn't get across to you. Is I thought I thought the patient and the doctor had a wonderful relationship and, and it was and it was funny that after he did it, the doctor I guess was fine with it, but he just said, Come on, in the future you just gotta let me know so I can tense up a little bit so it doesn't you know knock me off my feet
0: has there ever been a time with dealing with these kids where they just taught you something you know with the with the relationships that you've had with these kids because they come and they go and there's obviously some that yeah. you remember and, and and you don't remember all of them but is there any particular maybe an incident or a patient or a situation where you just you just don't you don't forget it it sticks with you.
1: Well, there's lots of moments. Um, I can remember the first patient that I ever worked with that passed away. That That's always memorable. Um,
0: How did that feel? How did that feel to you when you knew... You know, whatever you know obviously we can't go into you know complete detail yeah. but when you have a patient someone you've developed a relationship with and you find out that they're gone and well i can
1: tell you that every time i tell people i work in the pediatric wing they say how can you do that it must be so depressing and so awful and i say kind of, kind of contrary just the opposite yes they die but it doesn't happen all the time but there are specific patients that really do impact you and leave their mark on you um, there have been some patients that I got to know very very well um, and I was able to um, go to their, Funeral service, and on a, and on um, some occasions, I knew them well enough, and their family, of course, had to okay it. Um, I was able to do a memorial video for them that the family loved. So um, it's hard as heck to do the mem- do the um, memorial videos, but I but I feel it's a it's a fitting tribute to maybe our relationship.
0: Another opportunity for you to use your computer background and, exactly. and create a legacy for that person that not only will they have, but it's something that you actually have a little part of.
1: And the, and the thing that, that was so um, touch, touching to me is uh, one of the patients that passed away probably, I want to say, maybe 10, 15 years ago now. I remember this patient had a little sister well about 3 or 4 years ago I was in the hospital and this 20 something lady comes up to me and says "Hi do you remember me I'm I'm so and so's sister" and right away the light bulb went off says, I remember you but I but you were just this little girl not not you know what what's in front of me today and the thing is they remember me that's so touching.
0: Oh that has to be. That has to be yeah. when you when you run into run into somebody like that. So you've been doing what you've been doing obviously for a long time. I guess is there anything that's left on the bucket list for you that you really want to do or something that that that's like I've I've got to do this. This is something that I really need need to do.
1: Um since I'm thinking so hard, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I know as I get older, my my wishes and dreams change because I remember um as a younger man, I always wanted to like have a computer shop and own my own computer shop, but as I get older, I say, Oh, I don't want to do that at all because I enjoy working with computers, I enjoy fixing them, but at this stage in my life, I don't want to spend 8, 10, 12 hours a day fixing computers. But is there some is there some there's not one specific thing on my bucket list that I want to go or do? I guess what I what I want to do what means more to me is I like staying in touch with the people that are important to me because I tell people, um, I have very few friends, but I have lots of family and my definition of family is basically anybody that I've known for like, let's say 20, 25 years, they're not friends to me family. So
0: a good, a good characteristic uh, to have for sure.
1: So you're talking to a guy with some friends, but probably more family than friends. And Jim, I'm proud to tell you, whether you knew it or not, your family.
0: And I would feel the same way about you. Thank you. No, that really, seriously, that's, that's important. And, and no, you and I have that kind of relationship where our parents were friends. Uh, I considered both of your parents, uh, your dad is, is, is gone, uh, and but your mom's still very much around and you know i always enjoy talking to your mom when 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 i'm around when i do come to town and always enjoyed spending time with your dad and your and your sister mary Ellen and and the rest of your family i i do have to ask you is there anything is there anything in life that really scares you uh
1: I can't think of anything it's I shouldn't say scared the thing I the thing I think about is like what's gonna happen in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years because you can't really control that um but does it does it scare me not necessarily scares me it's just something I think about because... You can't. You can only control the here and the now. You can't control the future.
0: And even in the here and, and now, yeah. And even in and the here should. and now, even in the here and now, there are some things you just can't control anyway.
1: Exactly. So I don't know if I'm dodging your question, but that's no, no. as well
0: as I can. No, you're not dodging the question. But no, that's that's kind of how I am. There's things that I think about, and there's things that I could, you know, look at and I could say this bothers me or that bothers me or whatever, or don't you worry about this or don't you worry about that? Well, it's kind of like there's only so much we can prepare for, but at the same time, you can't worry about every little thing that comes along and you and I uh, know people that kind of live like that, that are just like, well, what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? And well, what if it does? There's really not a lot we can do about it.
1: Exactly. You just have to try to live your life the best you can. And if you see something coming down the road that might be bad, try to minimize it as best you can by how you live and work in your life.
0: Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to, I'm going to put, okay. I'm going to put you on the spot for something. And if you, if you're not up to it, you know, feel free to just to say, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on this one. Okay. Do you have a really good pun? Pun. A good pun. Um, I'm giving oh, you a, I I'm giving it. you a chance to contribute to the, to the podcast here.
1: If I could have thought about it, I would have had something on the spot but I'm not feeling punny right now you're not feeling you're not uh, feeling
0: punny right now you know uh, that's actually not that's actually really really not too I'm bad. Not
1: bit, I'm not a punny guy right now, okay
0: well what was the one that there was one that you actually shared with me before before we actually came on?
1: Yeah, I was saying that
0: Well now, yeah. Uh, I, I gotta tee this up for you now. You know, if you do it, you know, we gotta we gotta do this right. We gotta do this, you know, the Jim Snyder podcast style. So uh okay. we, we have we have to play the jingle for this one. We have okay. we have to play the jingle and 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 then I will I will you know, cue you if you will. So you know, I think okay. we I think we need to do this right. All right, Steve, here is your chance to shine.
1: Now, the other day, I got into an argument with a snowman. He lost his cool and had a total meltdown.
0: Ah, you had an argument uh, with a snowman. He lost his cool and had a total meltdown. Yep. Well, you know, Steve, as I always tell everybody, um, if, if, if you want to contribute your... Uh, your puns and comments and so forth, you can go to, uh, you know, go to my, um, actually send me an email at the Jim Snyder podcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, your, your, your pun didn't quite come through, but that's all right. I mean, I, that's why I kind of repeated it because you're, you got a little muffled there, but that's all right. You know, that this I'm is
1: muffled
0: like, unfortunately. Yeah, like right there. Um, the connection that we have, it's not perfect, but, you know, this is COVID times and things are kind of, kind of funny but that's okay you know this is live not really live but I like to treat it as as a live you know as if we were actually on you know a terrestrial radio station or whatever doing this live it's not going to be perfect because you know that's just how that's just how it is
1: didn't people always used to use the
0: term it's live on tape it's live on tape I like that live there you go live on tape that's 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 really good in and, in and, and, you yeah. know with all the flaws, we keep the flaws in there and, and, and then we floss after and then we floss after the show. I, I, I really need to get a life. <laughs> well, Steve, this this has been so much fun and we probably could go on could go on for another hour.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been great. It is and I wish you all all the luck in the world on your podcast. I hope it's I hope it's everything and more that you want it to be.
0: We'll we'll see we'll see what happens. You know what? That almost sounds like an advertising slogan. Say that again. I like that. Well, I, I hope it's everything and more that you want it to be. Yeah, actually that that's a good one. I'll have to you know maybe someone will have to put that on a put that on a t-shirt or something so yeah. but but steve thank you thank you for so much for for coming on it it's been so much fun
1: oh it's been great i ho- hope maybe down the road if we can come up with another angle or things to talk about maybe i can come out again sometime who a-
0: knows absolutely cuz we we cuz there's just we have we have stories i mean we have so many stories that we could share and some that are probably not fit to air.
1: (laughs) There's there's a couple of things I thought about while we were doing this, and I said, uh, I think we'll save that for a more, uh, racy podcast maybe.
0: Well, we don't do racy stuff on this show. This is, this is, this is, is, this is all family friendly here. So, you know, you can say, yeah, you can, you can say concern it and confound it, but you know, you know, it's, it's, it, yeah, yeah, we just, we keep it, we keep it real so that, you know, every, everybody can listen, but, but thanks Steve so much for, for uh, coming on.
1: Well, thanks for giving me the opportunity. It was wonderful.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's going to wrap it up for another edition of the Jim Snyder podcast. Thanks again, Steve. Glad for coming on. And if you have an idea for a podcast, someone that I could talk to, or if you'd like to share their story, we can do that. Email at the Jim Snyder podcast at gmail.com. The Jim Snyder podcast at gmail.com. Well, until next time, it's Jim Snyder. Thank you for joining me. And remember, it's not what happens to you in life that's important. It's how you respond that really counts.
1: The Jim Snyder podcast.